Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Kit Tran. He's the Chief Communication Officer at HireCar, spelled H-Y-R-E-C-A-R.com. So, Kit, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much, Richard. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited and look forward to um, speaking to your audience. Yeah, great. Well, you know, first question I always ask is a is an easy one because it makes sense. So uh, tell me about HireCar. What's the premise of the company? I mean, HireCar essentially is a car sharing platform designed for ride sharing. So, I mean, 40% of our drivers that we see or 40% of drivers that we see um, that apply for Uber and Lyft are essentially declined because they don't have a qualifying or eligible vehicle. So, you know, they may not have like a a four-door vehicle or they may not have a vehicle that is um you know within the 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 year year or or you know that is eligible for for ride sharing so you know both of them have different standards essentially uh with the major ride share uh, providers but you know we're inter- you know that's where hire car comes in to fill in this a gap so we're interested in running to drivers specifically for the purposes of ride sharing and the on-demand delivery service um industry so you know our you know car owners as well we see for individual car owners have vehicles that are sitting at home. Um, they can also list it on a platform. We started out, you know, very peer-to-peer based, but we're trying to also accelerate the supply side of it. So we've now expanded to our fleets, uh, fleet services or more commercial solutions division in order to accelerate the, um, the supply of vehicles through partnerships with dealerships um, and, and, and more commercial-based, um, you know, uh, entities. Well, all right. So, what do you see as the uh, the shortcomings of Uber and Lyft and those kind of services that you would overcome? Well, the, I mean, some of the some of the reasons why we um, do really well is, for instance, instance, um, you know, Uber and Lyft um, also have their own programs that they offer to drivers who meet specific criteria. But for us, we're very agnostic. So, anybody who enlists to drive. Um, for Uber or Lyft or, you know, anybody else for that, for that matter, uh, as we evolve, um, essentially can choose who they drive for or, you know, which platforms they drive for. They can also have the option of driving or renting the vehicle for a day or a week or a month. So the more long term that they decide to rent, uh, rent a vehicle, they get, um, you know, highly discounted price. Um, it means still peer to peer marketplace. So, uh, vehicle owners as well as dealerships will help establish that, um, you know, that price range. But essentially, they'll they'll get a discount for renting for a longer time. And we've had people who've rented it from us for, you know, essentially, you know, over a year. So that just goes to show the, you know, how hire car is very agnostic in our approach and allows us to be able to service, uh, you know, drivers who want to drive for many platforms. So all right, so people can. Um they can drive just like they would for Uber or Lyft, but they could also rent a car from you for various lengths of time. Exactly. So people, I mean, we're specifically targeted towards drivers. 
um, you know, with the for you know within the rideshare industry. So it's essentially you know drivers who have the two major players of like Uber and Lyft out there. So you know, but like people who do apply to drive for them don't always have a qualifying vehicle. You know, as I mentioned, I think the right. statistic was forty percent, and so that's where they would come to us because we we provide a qualifying vehicle, and we mm-hmm. issue insurance in the name of the driver which is one of the prerequisites for, um, you know, driving on the platform. So that's really one of the unique aspects about our business um, is we, we have insurance for ride sharing that's specifically made for these platforms that require drivers to um, comply in order to drive. Oh, so, okay. So would you be okay if, um, you know, let's say I had an old beater and it's no good, it won't qualify for Uber I rent a car from you. I could drive for hire car, and I could. Could I also simultaneously drive for Uber or Lyft, or you know, if someone Absolutely. rents, they only drive for you. Absolutely. The thing is, they don't drive for us. We are we provide the vehicle, so they can drive for Uber or Lyft or whoever else you know that's out there who's in the rideshare industry. So that's the beauty of it. Um, you know, as you mentioned, or as you you know you, you discussed, you know, just right now, that's really the beauty of our service that they aren't tired. If you have a beater at home, for instance, and that's not functional and it's not a qualifying vehicle, um, then you're able to rent a car on our platform on demand. And that's really the nice, you know, one of the nice things about our service. Yeah, I see why that would help. I mean, it, you know, years ago, I tried driving a taxi. So you could either rent it for the day and you had to pay a rental or you could, um, you know, you could have your own car. So right now for Uber and Lyft, you have to have your own car and, you know, it bears the wear and tear and all those expenses. But uh even someone without a car, I guess, could uh, rent one through you, right? Yeah, I mean, that's really one of the things we've been able to facilitate is essentially an opportunity for drivers also to get on the path of ownership through, um, uh, you know, one of the programs that's out there. Um, so mm-hmm. what that's really one of the things we do. We also, you know, help a lot of drivers repair their credit through being able to get in, get onto the path of ownership. For ride sharing. So, I mean, we really, we've seen a lot of like positive stories, like, you know, the lift your down payment again, the program that allows us to, um, to have people be able to get onto the path of ownership. But essentially, you know, one of the things is like we've seen on our, our own platform and our own personal stories essentially is people that we've been able to help out of like situations where they've been, you know, they've been like homeless, for instance, or they've been like underemployed. It really allows them to be able to springboard into a place where they can be like viable, you know, and you know deliver like uh, streams of revenue where they wouldn't be able to access before. It really just it helps them close the gap, and it's you know, every I mean, Uber and Lyft are really synonymous with ride sharing, you, you know, these days with the you know in the world. So it just we're just I think one, you know, part of our mission is to in, enable. Um, enable people to get on the path to financial freedom. So really, that's really, it, it really aligns really well with our mission statement. So, you know, at the core of what we do. If, if someone rents from you, do they have to prove uh, that they drive for Uber or Lyft or do ride sharing? Is there like a minimum amount they have to do? They don't have to do a minimum amount of ride sharing, but they have to basically utilize a car for ride sharing because that's meant for ride sharing. And so that they have to, they have to let us know and they have to agree to the terms of service, which means that they have to state that they are utilizing the car for ride sharing. Um, so that, and it's expressly, um, it's expressly utilized for ride sharing. 
And so I, I hope that answers that question. Well, what happens, I, I don't know why would someone do this, but you know, what if they do it for ride sharing, but they also use it as their personal car? Like, how would you know? And would that be a bad thing? Is there mileage requirements or, you know, what, like, what do you, do you see that as a problem that people would try to do that? You know, we don't see it as a problem that how that people would be utilizing it for their personal vehicles, mainly because of a couple things. We, we, we need to have them go through the verification process before they drive or before they rent a car. So they basically have to be someone who we verify, um, you know, through the system that they're, you know, slated to, um, that they're an Uber, that they have to go through Uber or Lyft background check, and then they have to go through ours. So we don't have, we don't see that problem of people um, utilizing it for more leisure types of activity. Um, and that's really not our service. You know, that's not really our product. That's not our target. Um, you know, if I, I guess, you know, you could potentially, you know, hypothetically say that somebody may do that. Um, but and we're, we're putting more technological systems in place with partners in the future that will help us um, do a better job of tracking. But essentially, you know, I would say our target audience and the people that who are on our platform, um, I would say don't utilize that or that's not their objective uh, when when working okay. with us. And why uh, why wouldn't Uber and Lyft offer this themselves? Why do you think that they've uh, that they have their strict requirements that the vehicle can't be any, any older than X and you know, has to be this and has to be that. Why don't they do this? I mean, they they both have they both have their own programs. You know, they I think they both attempted to have programs that address this um, this this lack of uh, both lack of drivers and vehicles. I think our our program is a little different since it's agnostic, and so they both attempted to have it at some sort. Um, you know, they just also part of the part of it is realizing that. Um, managing their own fleet, for instance, which um, which one of them did and they had to uh, abandon was um, a, a very um, gargantuan task that was very challenging. So I think that's part of it. I mean, we are, we operate a, a tech platform, essentially, a marketplace that allows us to, um, you know, introduce uh, drivers um, to owners and vice versa so that they, you know, both are able to monetize um, you know their assets, which is one uh, uh, a vehicle asset, and the other one is a, you know their time. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, how long has the platform been in existence, and how many uh, rentals do you have out there, if, if you're able to say? Well, I mean, I, I can tell you that we've been uh, in existence since 2014, and it's an interesting story. Uh, a couple of our um, co-founders essentially uh, wanted to be able to um, to rent a car to be able to drive for Uber, Lyft. Um, and when they, um, they went through the process, they essentially had, they had to go through Craigslist essentially to, to find a vehicle. So there's no safe way for them to, uh, no safe, easy and uh, secure way for them to do that. And so that's what they were both, um, and are still both, um, you know, technologists. So they, they decided to build a platform that would, um, that helped that. And that's really, you know, really part of the reason for the existence of Hire Car. Okay. So, where's uh, what's next for Hire Car? You know, you, you have the rental program going. People are renting. Um, you know, what other items do you want to add to the platform, or where do you want to take it? I mean, I think we want to take it in a couple of places. Let me, I guess, address what we have, um, you know, right now currently that we're working on, and a little bit more into the future. 
you know, we, we essentially want to continue our mission, which is um, to be able to create um, roads to financial freedom um, through the ride sharing industry. So, I mean, that's really what we're doing. So that's the focus in our mission. And for us, that involves us being able to provide um, drivers, you know, a path to ownership, um, you know, working with uh, more scaled, uh, I guess, commercial solutions like dealers. So, you know, for cars that they do drive at some point, they'll be able to get on a program where they can both do a couple of things, potentially, you know, repair the credit, but more importantly, be able to own their own vehicles and become one day potentially um, owners of fleets of vehicles so they can monetize as owners, um, you know, versus being drivers. But I mean, that's really the opportunity that we, we look at. And then we want dealers a better opportunity to be able to op- to sell yeah, to sell their vehicles uh, and then to um, have drivers be provided an easier path to ownership. I think it benefits everybody at the end of the day. And I, I think in the future, we all know that autonomous vehicles are you know viable and it's something that's coming towards us. But I think right now within the ride sharing industry, uh, I see that they're still really ironing out the details of mobility within big cities. And you know while those kinks still get worked out in major metros, we we see that ride sharing continues to grow and we want to provide income opportunities to, um, to drivers. So I, I think that, I hope that helps, but I think what for us is we want to um, continue to evolve our technology as well as our strategic plans to be able to meet the, the demand of, you know, what we see coming down the future. So. Well, what about standardizing? I mean, if you um, had enough volume, you could say to a car manufacturer, you know, hey, um, if you produce, 5,000 of this kind of model and give us some kind of discount pricing on it, you know, we'll be able to throw all those into rentals and it may benefit you and benefit the drivers with lower rates or a better profitability for you. You know, that's what they did with police cars. You know, they had the Crown Victoria for years and now they have other platforms, but they tend to go with one and, and stick with it, you know? Right. And so I think that's an interesting concept. Um, I mean, we have, uh, I would say we have, um, you know, talks in the works strategic partners that could enable something like that but i would also say that you know with um we don't necessarily want to be um owning the assets i mean i think we want to be the platform that facilitates that so we want to be the technology that connects um connects like vehicles and fleets and you know and enables that mobility as a service but we don't necessarily want to own the assets themselves because that's not really part of our model and where we see it being the most viable and where we can provide the most value uh, within the industry. So you don't think it would be more efficient to have, um, you know, let's say three standardized models that you can rent? You know, I, I, I would think it would help with fleet management, you know, with parts, with repair, with, with all kinds of stuff. It would. I, I, I can see where you're, where you're um, you know, that might make sense. And that's why we partnered with commercial um, solutions providers who put vehicles on the platform that may make sense to, um, to drivers and drivers, you know, are, you know, also have a sense of choice that they can choose different types of vehicles that may fit their needs or what they want to do. So for us, we don't necessarily uh, want to limit that um, for a driver or necessarily say you know, they have to drive a certain type of vehicle. That gives, you know, drivers also the option as well as the choice to, to make in order to drive vehicles that qualify for the platforms as well as um, one that makes them feel comfortable driving. Well, do you see right now that people tend to favor certain kinds of vehicles anyway? I would think there's probably a few in that, 
you know, certain ones never get rented, certain ones get rented a lot. Yeah, we see, you know, we see top, you know, like the top five types of vehicles that are out there, you know, they tend to be more fuel efficient. Um, they tend to qualify, um, you know, obviously it's in, it behooves the driver to, to drive a vehicle that makes sense, but also that lineup also evolves over time. You know what I mean? And also we have like, you know, a, a span of a range of vehicles that do qualify for that, but it certainly doesn't mean that those are the only vehicles that drivers want to drive. And so that's why we want to make sure that we have that choice. And for us, again, we try to be as agnostic as possible. We also, um, work on technology that has it in place to help um, help do things some, somewhat dynamically, including um, putting in a recommendation engine, dynamic pricing, those things that help um, help vehicles that, you know, are more popular or more efficient or, or you know, benefit both the owner and driver um, to, to be rented. So, yeah, I can see you can do a feedback loop. You know, if you have 50,000 rentals out there, um, and you get feedback from the drivers, what they like, don't like, you know, they're essentially can tell you, Hey, you know, this one, people really seem to like this kind of car, but it just is a, it's no good. It just doesn't work well for this kind of application. And then you could probably hone in on the, the models that work better, or you could have a rating system, I guess. You know, if I was going to rent yeah. a car specifically for rideshare, and I knew that 10,000 other rideshares drove this thing and loved it for these reasons, I'd probably feel even better about renting it, you know? Absolutely. And then part of where we want to even continue to evolve that idea is essentially a place for or um, tools or capabilities where we can have that feedback loop be a little more evolved than where it is right now is essentially so, um, you know, renters and owners both can um, see ratings and see see which vehicles or which drivers or riders um, will best um, you know, maximize their revenue opportunities as well as, you know, take care of their assets. I think that, you know, the feedback loop is definitely in line with um, the direction we're headed. Yeah. Okay. Um, any, anything that you see that really surprises you, you know, when you first started working on this, you probably assumed X, Y, and Z, and maybe the reality is a little bit different and maybe very different. Like, what do you see about this that surprises you in a good or a bad way? I mean, what I see that surprises me, and maybe it shouldn't have surprised me, is essentially how um, a lot of um, companies, big and small, uh, have now really, um, since we, you know, went IPO or maybe even slightly before that, which was a hurdle in and of itself, uh, you know, we went IPO in July 2018 on NASDAQ, but essentially what I see is like so many more organizations, like car manufacturers or, or other types of startups, um, trying to get into the car sharing space. Um, so that's really been interesting to to see. And that's uh, a little bit, I guess I shouldn't have seen it as a surprise, seeing how the rise of the car sharing or the ride share, I mean, the, the rise of the ride sharing, um, you know, economy is um, really hitting an inflection point. And then, I, I, you know, that's that's something that, really isn't really a surprise, but it's kind of interesting to see that so many players are getting into the game now and that now we have a, uh, a validation um, of that, of what we've done. Uh, and it's really good to to know that we were first to market to go uh, uh, public. So I think that's really interesting. Okay. Very good. Um, so what's the best way for people to uh, get in touch and find out about your platform and, you know, see if they can qualify for a rental? I mean, I think if, you know, people haven't tried um, car sharing for ride sharing, it's definitely worth taking a look uh, a little further into it to understand, first of all, the future of mobility. 
And um, that means, you know, coming to hirecar.com um, and checking us out. And again, you know, we're excited to help fuel the growth and change the automotive industry, but they can go to hirecar.com, sign up as a driver, or if they're either a commercial solution or an individual owner, sign up as a, um, an owner of a vehicle and we'll help you monetize, uh, you know, both your assets. Uh, one is your time and the second is your, um, you know, hard asset. Well, very good. Well, kid, thanks for coming on the podcast and uh, it's an interesting niche I never thought about. So yeah, it's great. You guys well, are filling it. Well, thanks, Richard. Thank you so much for um, allowing us to come in and, and chat with you and your, your audience about it. Um, I hope this sheds a little bit of more light on what we do uh, and who we are and, uh, you know, helps people uh, be able to, again, um, you know, find roads to financial freedom. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.